Welcome back, Intimates. Thank you so much for actively making intimate interactions possible with Patreon. I'm excited to share intimate conversations with you so you can live your most connected, enriched, and authentic life. Welcome to the two and a half year celebration of intimate interactions. We've been around almost three years now. Wow. At the start, I could never have imagined this. So I just want to say thank you all for all of your support on Patreon. You're all rock stars. Thank you for helping us get here together. We often think about friends and family during this cold and dark month of December, focusing on what we can control over those things we can't. We organize celebrations, we hold rituals of significance, we, you know, do various things like winter solstice, yuletide, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, and many others. But instead of doing a history lesson on any of those things, this year I decided to ask, wait a minute, how did dolphins mark important occasions? And what does an orca celebration look like? Now, I should give you the background that my laptop started blue screening recently, so I am, I have to recycle it. I got a new laptop that is refurbished, and it's currently in a boot loop. It was working great for a while, and now I'm having issues with it. So today, and for a few other episodes, which you'll be hearing over the next couple of months, unfortunately, I'm not going to be using my usual microphone. However, bear with me. Thank you for your patience. I'll get it figured out. Also, I should say deepest apologies for being really late. I'd intended to release this Christmas morning, but I got a severe and debilitating migraine that lasted a day and a half, so instead, I'm I'm releasing it now. Enough of that, though. Let's go to Billy, our resident cetacean expert. She talks to us today about superpods, orca penis displays, and family reunions. Disturbingly enough, all of those can happen at the same time if you're an orca, but I'll let Billy fill us in on that one. Enjoy. Our guest today is Billy, who is super awesome, as we all know, and we are going to talk today a little bit about December 25th and specifically rituals and I guess we decided not exactly celebration, but but perhaps celebration, but specifically how those things occur in animal models and without any other boring intro stuff. Here's Billy. Billy, talk about cetaceans. <laughs> Well, thanks for having me on here again. Um, so we're going to kind of chat a little bit about the southern resident orcas again, since those are the ones I know best, and then some other exciting cetacean news. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so when it comes to celebrations, of course, orcas don't really care about our holidays, but they actually do have their own events. So this is what amazes me, because I don't know how they figure it out. But when there's births and deaths in mm-hmm. the southern residents, uh, quite frequently they will hold superpods. And that's when all members of JK and L get together. So right now there's 79 members mm-hmm. of the southern residents. As we know, very happily, two new babies were born back in September. Hooray. And they seem to be doing pretty good. So let's keep our hopes up for that. Um, and of course, when this happened, there was a superpod in the Salish Sea because babies were born. So it's actually kind of amazing because they even have traditions that they follow with each other. So when the superpod starts happening and everybody starts showing up, um, they will almost line up. Obviously, this will not be perfectly and charge each other excitedly. So they'll just swim directly at each other and kind of do like a side swipe, like drive-by cuddle, where it's just like, hello, long-gone friend. It's been a while. It and reminds so me, that reminds me of when like people run up to each other with their hands in the air screaming. Yes, exactly. Oh my God. It's like the arrival at an airport. Everybody yep. running, there's signs and jumping into arms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, of course, there will be spy hopping and stuff. And then what they'll notice when these groups get together is a lot of slapping. So pectoral slaps fin, um, and uh, fluke slapping. It's almost a method of communication. Wait, do you uh, mean beyond... slapping? Do you mean slapping on the surface of the water or do you mean yeah. they, like high five each other? Oh, okay. So they they smack on the surface and kind of communicate that way 
And like you said, exactly like waving your arms, like you're so excited to see someone that it's just like, hello, it's been so long. All I can That's do is so cute. be excited. Yeah. So these super pods are also, they come together for mating as well um, because they don't mate within their same match line, obviously. Sure. Uh, that's never good so um <laughs> as we all know but um yeah so like it's just really cool how when these things happen it's always you know a birth a death there was a really really big super pod back in 2018 when scarlet um we talked about her before j50 passed away in in 2018 um mm. so the one that was named scarlet because her sister helped with her birth right? So she had all the rake marks on her. Oh. Um, yeah. So she passed away two years ago and there was another super pod while she was sick and then continued after she had disappeared as well. Um, almost like a, a goodbye to her, which is so, so sad, <laughs> but Oof, yeah. 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 And, and a super pod formed as well. Um, when Taliqua was, pushing her calf as well. And Taliqua is one of the new moms. She's got her baby. Mm -hmm. Baby is healthy and happy. So we're, we're doing good there. And there was another, obviously, like I said, there was a super pod for that. So they're very, these families are, are very close. And it's, it's just amazing to me that they could spread out in the sea and still know to come back for a birth and the death, you know, like it's just, I, I almost wonder if, like, they, they must have some way of spreading the word, whether it's like, hey, there's this, you know, so-and-so's going into labor or so-and-so died, like, spread the word. And then they just know who knows, and they're able to communicate that. Well, because often, like, the groups will fragment into, like, L-Pod will split off into two, or, like, because L-Pod's the, the biggest frequently. Mm-hmm. They kind of jut off into little smaller ones, but obviously they all come back together quite frequently, but it's when all three. So these little groups, that's just like in passing, hey, yo, this one's looking a little pudgy. We should probably all meet back, you know, at the Sailor totally. Sea for potentially this month. And it's just like the fact that they have these celebrations that they actually do with each other and the spy hopping, the the younger ones will go off and play together and there's you know all these different groupings happening amongst this super pod that um, it would be as if there was like a family reunion totally is sky hopping do you mean that's when they like breach and they actually leave the water so spy hopping is when they kind of just put their head up straight up and like so that they can view from both sides um head straight out of the water so like think of them like swimming straight up so mm-hmm. they'll lift up to about you'll see the top of the pectoral fin and that's kind of like their hello i'm looking around i'm seeing what's happening Sorry, my and it's, just it's spy hopping so they literally go up to take a look yeah exactly cool yeah so when they do that um it's yeah, just like a little peekaboo so they're all looking around see who's there <laughs> it's a very exciting little event for them the waters get very busy and it's like you can actually find some really amazing footage online center for uh whale research and everyone they they have some really good stuff because they're the ones with the rights to actually be anywhere near and know the whereabouts now about southern robin and orcas um you're actually not supposed to report sightings of them anymore um, wow. Specifically where they are, if it's enough time that people could go potentially bother them. Right. Um, most whale watching now is, is focusing on transients just because, as we know, like with 79 members, there's it, the sustainability is really risky right now for that group. Um, so they've actually kind of formed a coalition, BC and Washington, that we're just kind of leaving them alone. And is that is that because 79 members is too few that it's a threatened group? Yeah, exactly. It's they're actually wondering if it's at a point where it can't return and that they won't be around for, you know, more than 100 years kind of thing. That's terrifying. Yeah. And it's sad because you can tell that a lot of it is 
just the busyness and everything of our area because the northern residents who have the same food grouping, same behaviors mm-hmm. are doing way better and upwards in, you know, the high 100 and like, I think it was 160 something northern residents. So it's a big difference between the southern residents and the um North, uh, yeah, the southern and the northern residents of just how much better the northern ones are doing when they're probably the most genetically similar to the southern residents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And they're all up in like Port Hardy area, Robson Bight, you know, north, north. Yeah, so you're figuring it's probably the busyness of our region. So things like um, coal tankers and you know various various shipping lanes, and also the ferries, of course. Yeah, yeah the ferries go right through Active Pass, of course, right? Right. And then so you've got all that noise. They're, they've actually done a bunch of new hydrophone stuff since the. COVID actually made it possible to get more hydrophones figuring out what's going on. And there's noticeable differences in like the stress of the orcas when things start ramping up again. They've already noticed a difference of like in the summer when things were pretty dead. And now as things try to pick back up again, like they're noticing differences in their traveling and stuff like that. So, wow. And this, um, Snake River in Washington is a huge Chinook salmon um, streamway, and it's got a dam that's causing huge issues. Has been for years. Try, been trying to get that dam breached for I don't know how long now. Mm-hmm. But and um, I'm sure that it will affect other salmon. But they were saying there's a compound in tires that's actually running off the roads that's killing coho salmon in huge numbers and i'm sure other salmon must to be affected to an extent right like sure probably not just coho that are dying out and they're realizing like the extent of the runoff from the roads right so that'll be interesting as they try and figure out like how do you change tires again (laughs) so it'll be interesting to see what they do about that so Mm -hmm. salmon's a big part and especially chinook salmon being the most like lipid heavy and biggest salmon Mm -hmm. it's imperative that they are able to at least get some chinook versus any other option right yeah yep that's legit Yep, so we now like they're slowly starting to pass these bills and, and change things so that there's just more heavy protection on the, the southern residents. But there's obviously a lot of concerns about where the community can go from here. Sure. Yeah, I think a lot of people see like environmental initiatives as like a nice to have rather than a must have. Yeah, and I, I don't think, understand. <laughs> well, it's really complicated for most people who don't have a, like a degree in it. Yeah, sort of, that's... yeah. It's it's like the first time that I was learning about a lot of this stuff. I just remember being like, I don't want to say overwhelmed, but fascinated by all of it. And like, I guess the point I'm trying to make is it was all it was new to us at one point too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The, the interesting thing um, I heard recently about ecology and like novel viruses, like coronavirus, mm-hmm. um, is this idea that as we put animals and their ecosystems into stress, their immune systems are also more vulnerable. So the chance mm. of them getting sick and therefore the smaller but related chance of them passing the sickness on to a different animal system is much higher and that there is an element of the stresses that we put on animal systems in the formation of these new novel viruses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I was actually reading one that um, coronavirus 
like COVID-19 one that we're dealing with right now is actually one that it can affect whales and dolphins. And since it's in our fecal matter, there's potential that we can actually eventually get it to them. And like, hopefully that it's beyond impossible, but it is something that can actually affect cetaceans as well. So I would, I believe that it's like, it also affects minks. It affects like lots of animal systems and, uh, And and yes, of course, we're <laughs> when we say coronavirus, we don't mean the common cold. We yeah. almost exclusively will mean SARS CoV two. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, but, specific, I was like coronavirus, specifically COVID nineteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I meant. <laughs> I knew exactly what you meant. Yeah. So hopefully not. But then, like you know, talking about um, ecological options and like changes that happen is that 2018 with scarlet j50 that was one of the first times that um there was actually like human intervention desperately trying to save a whale's life so like without obviously capturing her and removing her from her family so they actually like shot antibiotic filled fish at her and like all this kind of stuff like they tried everything because they tested her fecal matter and she was full of bacteria and it was basically just destroying her and so they were literally shooting antibiotic fish (laughs) at the back of a boat to her trying to get her to eat trying to get her to fatten up and trying to get those antibiotics in the system and unfortunately she still ended up um you know with with orcas they disappear like you can't just be like yeah that one definitely died (laughs) most of the time it's usually six plus months before they're actually considered deceased after they haven't been spotted with their pod for X amount of time. So, um, they, yeah, it was the first time where they were like, yep, we actually have to, this is an extenuating circumstance. The Southern residents even dropping below 80 at that time was just too risky. Mm. And so they were like, all right, we're going to do it. We're actually going to go out there and we're going to shoot some, (laughs) fish at this poor little orca and yeah just so yeah, i mean it's... like it's, it's great that they're trying options but at the same time like i'm really glad they didn't capture her i had when the talks had originally started and things were coming out they were like saying you know maybe separate her to a sea pen and stuff like that and as soon as like i started reading that i was like oh my gosh someone's gonna get their hands on her and they're gonna buy her it doesn't matter i don't know how but they will you know what i mean like it was yeah that's terrifying it's one of those things where they're gonna be like oh well it looks like she can't be released now and right like i, I just felt that coming you know and i was just i was like on edge following up every week like, okay where are they at with the decisions now like, please please don't separate her from her family right uh, like unfortunately that the end didn't work out but at the same time i would feel worse if she was in a concrete pen right now even than her dying <laughs> interesting i was gonna say i would feel worse worse with her dying in captivity alone rather than surrounded by yeah. her family but exactly but fair enough just that living, like, living the rest of your life essentially like co- surrounded by like a con- in a concrete pit is <laughs> not that much better. Of your voice coming back at you constantly that you've never dealt with before in your life. Yeah, that would be difficult. You'd be like, <laughs> oh, I am too close to everything. Yeah, like everything makes a sound. Echoes are everywhere. What is this? Ugh, no. Yeah, I'd much rather her just swim off and slowly drift away with her family in her surrounding by love and support than what could have happened. Mm -hmm. So tell me more about about super pods and happy occurrences. (laughs) Yeah, so um, what also happens during super pods is you'll notice the men are very excited that everyone is back together (laughs) there will be some displays of um, their prehensile penises to let everyone know that everybody's happy to be back together again prehensile? yeah why don't I have a prehensile penis? that sounds amazing 
Right? And also, like, mildly terrifying. Like, they can just use it like an arm. It's true. That is mildly terrifying. Yeah. So they basically will do a big show, like, to swim on their back. And, hey, everybody, nice to see everyone made it out to the Superpod today. Have I shown you my penis? (laughs) You know, that's uh, one of the most exciting parts for them because obviously mating actually it's like exciting for us too because it means they're going to mate and if they sure. mate there might be more of them so these are obviously very important so, so super pods are also a way to um to mate and you are meeting everyone so you're outside of your metro line right yeah exactly because you'd have jk and l all right. getting together even though there is a bull in the southern residence who is responsible for most of them mm-hmm. he's, he's a bit he's a very lucky man um but yeah so it's it's a big time for them to to leave you know mom and actually just like drift off for a little bit and mm-hmm. make these like like i was saying they group off into smaller groups right like all the older like mothers of the pod are going to get together and a lot of times like the teenage boys will have to babysit and they'll kind of take over the calves who are all roughhousing and crazy and you'll have like the teens dealing with them so they all go off into their little groups and it's it's huge obviously for socialization it's also amazing that they all communicate because as we know transients speak a completely different language and they all have different dialects just like we do so mm-hmm. yeah it's just a huge huge it's obviously it is a huge celebration is what it is most of the time and especially with new babies it's like each you know grouping will take their time with this baby and it's like hello nice to meet you (laughs) the ocean this is how things go and like teaching them all these little you know teaching them to start breaching and jumping and stuff like that and start playing with their food that's adorable (laughs) because that's how they train themselves by playing with their food yep and especially like you know like an older orca could like maim a fish so now this fish is like a little bit easier to catch all right like let's take the babies like what's this fish you know doing over here because they how long is it that they're on the milk for it might be over a year but um you know once they start needing to learn that hunting aspect of things then, you know, they'll take turns injuring their dinner and then playing with it until it is dead. And then they'll take turns eating what is needed for each one and stuff like that. We share if there's not enough to be found. Wow. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Like, it's literally a huge party of orchids. Just like, Everything is being done. We're celebrating births. We're making sure there's going to be more births. (laughs) And and it really shows also like the health of the pod as well. You know, you get Mm -hmm. to see it's huge for researchers because it's a really great way to count and figure out who is not with the group and like what's changed or are like different groups hanging out because that can sometimes happen for a while. So, yeah. Yeah. So you you it's, kind of get all of the social gossip like at any family reunion. Yeah, exactly. And like this happens a lot in the summer, but it's it's not usually just one a year. There's usually like a couple of these meetings right. throughout the summertime season. And I mean, can there's probably an aspect of that like it's expensive for them all to get together because there likely isn't enough food locally to support all of them in the same place. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So it demonstrates the health of the pod because you know they're healthy enough that they can afford to to take a little break from hunting and eating. Yep, and go and start doing the other, the social aspects because just like us, they are very, very social. Mm-hmm. Well, the Southern residents. <laughs> Resident orcas, transients, not so much. <laughs> right. Smaller groups. Yeah. 
it's super cool to hear about um, resident orcas and sort of their, their social behaviors and the way they sort of mark the day, as it were, when important things happen, be that, you know, new life or new death. Yeah, especially with how far out to sea they really do go sometimes. You know, like mm-hmm. I was saying, they'll start spreading out. Like now it's December, They're, they won't be around here. There's nothing for them. So they'll be way out to sea, like foraging out in open ocean rather than near like our river systems mm-hmm. but we're like the more often they come back the better sign of how our our chinook are doing as well as if if you're having these frequent super pods there's at least enough that they're safe here so that's always important too mm-hmm And so, then some other exciting calving, or yes. uh, not orcas, but cetaceans, yes. is off the coast of Florida. So the um, Atlantic right whale calving season just started kind of mid to late November, and there's already been two spotted. Uh, so kind of off the coast in the Jacksonville area there, there's already been two recorded with their moms, which is a huge ordeal because right whales... Um, they float when you kill them. So they were very convenient for whalers. Oh, that's sad. Yes. So right whales <laughs> being one of the more unsightly whales. They're the ones with those big barnacle patches all over them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're a little bit funnier looking. Uh, but they have a huge amount of blubber. So they were extremely hunted down to nothing right because they were such a convenient kill Mm -hmm. and you got so much off them um that like even more so than uh like a humpback whale or a sperm whale or something like a minky minky whale or something they're more sleek whereas like right whales are kind of like big kind of funny looking things um <laughs> sure <laughs> they, they really are like their eyes are kind of in a strange spot like quite low they have like the big mouth of course a baby. got it yeah kind of like a big grumpy face like when uh, people when people draw funny looking cartoon whales they're probably drawing a right whale <laughs> getting pretty close <laughs> um, so yeah they they were decimated but now like seeing two calves already like this close especially as you know whale gestation periods are long longer in great whales than in orcas and dolphins so yeah Mm -hmm. that's just really good signs and who knows it could be you know part of the seas being a little bit better off this year who knows Mm -hmm. but that these pregnancies are going to term the calves are being born. They're healthy looking. Like, it's just very so exciting. exciting. I know. I was like, as soon as I read it, I actually, I have a friend who lives in Florida. And I was like, they're just so close to you. <laughs> she's, <just> like, <laughs> she's like, I know. I, I, she's like, I saw that and immediately thought of you, but assumed that you would have already seen it. And I was like, this is a pretty suspect. <laughs> Most people now are like, yeah probably already seen this but i'm just gonna send it like (laughs) you yeah i did (laughs) yeah so with the um with the orca babies it's really it's really positive to hear that there are new right whales in the world i'm curious how the um how the resident pods are doing here though have there been a lot of new babies since that pregnancy that didn't seem to go very well well, Taliqua had her calf, her new one. So in well, right September, September. Right, because you were sending me pictures. And then a week, of the a week later, another one was born. So that wasn't actually expected. And I That's think great. someone else is pregnant that I saw recently as well. Was looking pretty portly. Um, so yeah, it's. For, I'm I'm so happy for Taliqua. Like I, we're out of that very very first stage that she just went through two years ago mm-hmm. when she um pushed him around on her nostrum for uh, too long oh but, yeah yeah um but now 
they, they seem to be doing good. Older sister seems to be happy about everything too. So that's going well. They say it might be brother. Um, but yeah, like everything, they, they both seem healthy, both new calves. Um, but they do think both are male. I believe both have been sexed as male, which isn't great. <laughs> we do in, need in more terms of, females. In, in terms of numbers, it's it's more yeah. ideal because you can only have as many pregnancies as there are females. Exactly. And when they're long pregnancies, you need quite a few females. Right. So with other ones being pregnant right now, I mean, who knows? By, you know, even sometimes by, you know, late. Most calves are born in the fall, but there's been a few December babies and, and like January babies as well. So I don't know if the other one's quite ready to pop it. I hope she is. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's going to be at least one more. Obviously, we were hoping for healthy and everything, but hoping for female. <laughs> as awful as that sounds for me to try and judge what happens in nature <laughs> <laughs> to orcas but it's just like if they don't get that population of females up there's only so much reproduction that can happen without somehow right. imagining there being others yeah. I wish there was some sort of way to combine like push the northern residents down for like a vacation or something you know like hey guys They'd be like, this is so not a vacation. They'd be like, everything is terrible here. Y'all should come north. Have you guys been up north? You can see through the water up there. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sting your eyes. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, I know there's very similar genetically, and I just wish that was even remotely a thing that happened. But unfortunately, orcopods are pretty set in their little groups. Yeah, it's not like a transient's going to come along and somehow get pregnant and decide to become a resident. Like, it doesn't quite work like that. Yeah, exactly. They avoid each other. They just, just don't care about each other at all. Just new it's interest so, there. It's so interesting. Are they the same species? Yes, like, technically, like everybody's an orson or or everything. Yeah, all of them are orson. Or yeah, orson is orca, um, but they like we were kind of talking about before because there's even that subtype D in Antarctica that have like a very very small white patch, um, like eye patch. It's very small, and they're huh. almost like a little bit more yellow instead of white. Huh. Uh, yeah, so it's it's kind of interesting. There's quite a few differences, like especially like the offshore orcas being quite a bit smaller than all of them. So I guess in its ecotypes that it comes down to. So like they're mm -hmm. all the same species, but there's so many different ecotypes, especially depending on their diet and like where they're located. It's just so I mean, amazing. You can even that... swim with them in Norway and like, somehow I... one day I will do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will. I just find it so interesting that so many animals that can interbreed, like, biologically, have all of these, like, habitat and social reasons for why they don't interbreed. Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of weird, because in more rural communities, there's sometimes it'll happen where a coyote and a dog will accidentally breed. Like, if you have a farm dog and a coyote comes on. Like it's, 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 it actually happens. And like, it, like that's the only time that I've ever really heard of that is that like, because coyotes are basically, basically dogs. They are a type of dog. But, I, so, I hadn't thought of them, but I guess that makes a lot of sense. I mean, dogs are quite varied. But I do believe, I don't know for sure, but I thought for some reason that they are sterile, just like a mule. I might be wrong on that. We would definitely need to look it up, but I, I mean, I would believe that they're different species and that they're that they are somehow able to produce a hybrid that's sterile. That would make sense to me. Yeah, it's kind of, but yeah, I know there was like one 
family basically when he was growing up where like that had happened <laughs> and, but some people do breed coyote dogs like on purpose but there was one family where it kind of accidentally happened to their dog wasn't spayed <laughs> and was out in the field doing farm dog things oh my god they're called koi dogs and there's information about them online I'm surprised that people would buy them. It just, yeah, interbreeding usually results in sterile offspring, but koi, koi wolves are an exception. Koi oh, interesting. Wolves, not. Yeah. I'm so sorry. So koi wolves are not sterile? Yeah, because it says interbreeding usually results in sterile offspring, but koi wolves are an exception. Ooh, are koi dogs dangerous? <laughs> This is so fascinating. Coyotes being highly seasonal breeders and dogs not. They're pretty uncommon to get koi dogs. It seems just like a bad idea to me. Like, it's such a high prey drive that it would just be right. so much work. Totally. I mean, an Australian Shepherd's enough work. <laughs> oh, weird. Koi dog females have a shifted estrus cycle that no longer coincides with a coyote. Uh, the coyote uh, breeding period. So once they're hybridized, because of how highly seasonal the coyote breeding period is, um, koi dogs can't really breed with coyotes anymore. Unless I suppose it's a male koi dog, theoretically. So weird. Right? Yeah, so like, yeah, their breeding is just, they're close enough that it's some somehow works a little bit but like not a hundred percent right like super weird yeah it might even depend on the breed of dog because i'm i'm reading that koi dogs have a lower fertility than either dogs or coyotes but it doesn't say yeah maybe not completely but clearly they do have reduced fertility for sure and for a variety of reasons too like even just hearing that the estrus cycle has shifted makes a difference do you hear my cat in the background? I just did once, yeah. My Are we goodness. not supposed to talk about other animals? I'm so sorry, Kitty. Why not? Yeah, I think it's because they are overdue for their evening feeding and they're like, wrap up your podcast and feed me. <laughs> so yeah, pretty much. Um, since since the cats have decreed that we shall end our holiday podcast sooner rather than later, do you have any closing comments? I was just going to do like a little tiny touch on how we were talking about different ecotypes and groupings. Let's do it. Very exciting news in the cetacean um, world. A new population of blue whales was discovered hiding in the Indian Ocean. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, so the reason they hadn't been found is their song is different. Oh. But, well, each group has a different song that they share amongst themselves. And this one is just slightly different. Like, they explain it as, like, you know, when you have a genre of music, you could say, oh, you know, at one time Elvis was rock, but the Foo Fighters are rock, right? Right. They don't sound anything like each other. Right. But it still has that blue whale sound. So they they researched it, tracked into it, and found that they had this new population had formed. And yeah, so it's just, it, it is still ever changing there. And, and there's so much we don't know about the ocean. And you know, once once they get those hydrophones down there, it's amazing what they can find. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, because there... whales are very specific in their songs. Wasn't there a, a new species as well of cetacean? Ooh, that does sound familiar, and I don't know why I can't. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, I cut you off. I was just really excited. No, that's, oh, my God. It was like off the coast of Australia. It's a mysterious new whale species. Yes. Discovered in Mexico. Was it of the beaked variety? Yes, it was the three beaked. It was a beaked whale, I believe. Yes. Yes. Okay. 
Yes, so it was three new beaked whales were spotted. Neat. It's, it's just amazing that, like, we... Like, and, we're, we think we know so much. <laughs> it's just, like... Just it's the same story. Same oh. thing you were just talking about. The team had set out to try to find out what kind of whales were making an unidentified acoustic signal previously recorded in the area. And they're like, oh, look, they're new whales. <laughs> we didn't know about these ones. Right? And especially think of like beaked whales aren't the hugest ones, but they're bigger than orca. Usually, I think. Maybe pretty close. But when you think about the fact that we just found new blue whales. Right. And they're huge. Mm -hmm. How do you miss that? Didn't know they were there. (laughs) Well, it's. It's sort of like the search for extraterrestrial existence. Um, I was watching a documentary on Netflix, of course, and one of the researchers compared it to throwing a bucket into the ocean and then hauling it out and saying, well, nothing's alive in this bucket of water. Therefore, the whole ocean must be dead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's just like it really gives you perspective on like the vastness of space and just how little we're able to track at all. For sure. There's just so much knowledge out there. It's just, oh man, amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how people don't get excited about this stuff. Right? <laughs> I mean, like, we're, we're both here going, like, oh my God, new species. Right. <laughs> or even like new ecotypes, new grouping. And like some people would just be like, yeah. And we're just like, what? Why? I can almost guarantee you that, like, half of my audience, like, was like, oh, cool, Billy, and then started listening, and at a certain point, their eyes glazed over, and they were like, and I'm going to do something else with my Christmas. Hopefully not. I was like, oh, it's that weird girl that laughs all the time. I don't know that anyone thinks that you're any weirder than any other guests I have on the show. (laughs) Weirdness is so much fun. It definitely Who doesn't is. appreciate a lamb at the pool? Come on. A witch at the pool? <laughs> Me dressing like a llama to go to a pool. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Llama you dressed like... up in a llama onesie. Yep. But honestly, it's like wearing a big towel. It's the most convenient thing in the world. Totally. Like, as soon as I did it, I was like, um, I could think about how I could be embarrassed, or I could just go for comfort and like ease of getting in and out without interacting with other humans <laughs> comes with side benefits except for one person was like wow that is super smart and where did you get that <laughs> i was like oh huh. somebody actually likes my idea it's great <laughs> well so, you do have it's gonna good be ideas. a new trend you know it's gonna be just gonna drive by the pool and there's gonna be a lineup of people in onesies <laughs> yeah that llama onesie is especially cute i do really like the the hood it definitely makes me um look a lot wider in the hips than i feel like i am but that's okay okay it's very it's sherpa i mean it's very fluffy <laughs> i was just like i was like looking in the mirror and i'm like i'm not actually this size and then i like squish it down i'm like no no i'm not no i'm not okay cool 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 <laughs> keep that in check a little bit <laughs> well it is always a blast chatting i do have a migraine that is starting to come on and i still need to edit this and eat it out and into rest. the ether and then rest yes and feed cats Oh yeah, those cats will let me know though. <laughs> they will not let me go to bed. If Ooh, they are cats are so good for that. They yeah. got little alarm clocks in their bodies. Oh, it's it's great. It's like as a person with ADHD, my <laughs> if I come into my room too many times, the cats are like, "What the hell?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, sorry, cats. I just forgot like three times." They're like, "Don't come back unless you, if you're not carrying food. Don't even bother coming back." I'm like, "Sorry, cats." <laughs> There's going to have to bring treats each time. Here are your bribes. Right. May I come into the room, please? They, like, immediately forgive me if I give them treats. 
I mean, I, I pretty much work that way too. I mean, it's also possible I just haven't done anything egregious enough for them not to forgive me when I give them treats. I would imagine you're probably pretty good to them. <laughs> Suppose like loading them onto a catapult and being like, wait, is that not what these are for? Like, but the, the, the name, it's cat, catapult. What? What do you want from me? Totally. I actually have a, association. I have a game with one of them because we were practicing... Um, like petting on both sides of her body so that as like a feral stray she'll slowly get adjusted to people putting hands on her and then lifting up her front quarters and then lifting up her whole body so you you practice doing that for a bit and then give them treats and then practice doing it for a bit and give them treats and then you you leave it and you just do that like a couple times a day and it's fine they they pick up pretty quickly that like being picked up isn't actually a bad thing and that oh this means there's gonna be treats at the end of it yeah um and then what started happening was I like picked her up and she didn't react and I just like lobbed her onto the bed. <laughs> and she like landed on the bed, jumped down immediately and started nuzzling me because she was like, treats now, right? And I like picked her up and threw her onto the bed and she like jumped down and started nuzzling me and she's like, treats, treats, treats. <laughs> I just like threw Do her again. a few times. Do it again. Give me a cookie. Do it again. Totally. It was pretty good. She's like, I will do whatever you want for food. Just give me more of those delicious treats. I was like, you are a fun cat. It must be an amazing thing to watch them transition, though, to from being like, ah, human, to like, all right, I'm okay with this. It, it definitely can be. It's easier with some cats than others. Like, some cats are really, really good, um, and some cats struggle a lot. Like, I have this... Um, fairly big tomcat right now and he is the biggest scaredy cat it's like anything goes wrong any kind of unexpected sound and he's like under the bed being like oh no i'm like it's gonna be okay cat this will be okay he's like he has made strides but just like it's been a lot slower going than I thought it was going to be. And I think it's because he was a feral until he was three. And the other one that I have right now is only a feral until she was one. So they're two years apart. We did just get them. We're doing some, you know, work with them to try and get them to like habitable house cat, kind of very domesticated. And fortunately for me, there are a lot of other excellent volunteers that came before me that worked on, you know, getting them, um, like litter box trained and like stuff like that. Oh yeah, that would be very difficult, I would imagine. It's easier to do in a shelter, to be perfectly honest. Like I have carpets and a couch, and to be honest, yeah, the male cat did pee on my couch. It was oh. very unhappy. I'm like, no. Oh, and it's such a pain to get the smell of male cat piss out of anything. It's so difficult, and like. I eventually did, but now my couch cushions have, like, stains from all the various cleaning products I used. Oh, no. Well, yeah, because, like, you have to basically get an enzyme eater to, like, break it down. Yeah, I mean, hydrogen peroxide works all right. Um, And then you can use, like, baking soda and, like, the tiniest bit of dish soap. But you have to be so careful how you apply it because... It definitely, there's now, like, baking sort of rings all through my couch, which I didn't think would stain, and they totally did. Oh, God, that sucks. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, male cats are definitely rough for that. They definitely show their anger in very unpleasant ways. They sure do. Yeah. Yeah, the only time I ever had to deal with Tiger peeing was when she got really old and she accidentally peed on me, and I don't think she meant to do it or knew what happened. (laughs) What a sweetheart. She was sleeping on my back. I was sleeping, so I woke up thinking I had peed and was very confused. (laughs) I have literally never peed the bed in my entire life. Why would I start now? Because, like, she had been sleeping on my butt. So she literally like peed through my legs. Oh my goodness. So it took me a minute to realize that my butt was wet. So there's no physically possible way it was me that peed. (laughs) So I was laying face down. 
I love how you wake up going, oh, my God, I've never peed the bed my entire life. And then she wakes up and she's like, oh, my God, I've never peed the human my entire life. (laughs) Right? Oh, no, I just stopped (laughs) peeing. Like, been my best friend since I was a kitten. (laughs) Now I've done this. (laughs) And now I have peed on her. Yep. (laughs) I was more just like, oh, my God, is she okay? (laughs) Like, are you you actively dying on me right now? Like, what happened? But, yeah, it was just, like, such a bizarro experience. (laughs) I think the both of us were just as confused as the other. (laughs) She was also 20, and I was, I guess, 24. So, I mean, she would have been 19 at the time, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, That's so cute that you had a cat that was only, like, four years younger than you. I found her in the backyard by accident. My parents didn't believe me for a few months that I had a cat. <laughs> thought she was a figment of my very, very creative imagination at that time. And then one day I was like, Mom, would you like to meet my cat? And she was like, okay, Billy. And I was like, come along with me. And I took her outside. And saw your actual cat and was like, what the fuck? <laughs> literally. Like, I literally was like, hey, kitty, 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 kitty. And like this little freaking brown, orange, beige puff ball just like comes flying out from under this tarp in our backyard. And my mom was like, she has a cat. <laughs> like, I was That's like, yeah, the cat I've been telling you about. My friend, the cat, you know? <laughs> I just didn't believe you. <laughs> this cat that Lisa was talking about. Uh, and then they were just like, uh-oh. And then I was like, can I give her milk and a hot dog? And the rest is history. <laughs> That's a very sweet story. Yeah. She was the best cat ever. It sure sounds like it. Speaking of best cats, um, the cat that I am, the two cats that I am uh, rehabilitating. <laughs> yes. They definitely are going to sing me the song of their people if I don't get them food. <laughs> I just heard it. Like, you're like, speaking of my cats, and I was like, yes. I hear human talking about me. Did someone say food? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for having me on again. I really do appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. It's always lovely to chat with you. You as well. Have a very, very Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. So how was it, Intimates? Let us know on Patreon or start a discussion on Facebook. And if you want to keep being super awesome, you can help us out by going and leaving us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Social proof like that helps so much. You can also just tap share on this episode and send it to someone you think might like it. Thanks so much for helping build the community and the show. I look forward to chatting with you on Discord or writing back and forth on Patreon. The intro music was Show Me, the instrumental version by Josh Woodward, and this outro music is Arrival by How the Night Came. Thank you so much.